Revelation 1, 1 to 8. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from all our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Joel, you're on mute. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for reading the passage for us, Wendy. And here are a couple of questions for us to consider this lunchtime. Uh, what is holding Jesus back? Uh, why hasn't he returned? Why is there a delay? Now, I recall when I was just about to graduate from university, I, I didn't want Jesus to come back uh, because there was so much more that I wanted to do. I wanted to explore my potential in the, the corporate world. I wanted to travel, uh, to see the world. But see, of course, that doesn't make much sense. You see, when Jesus comes back, uh, we will have eternity to develop our potential or to travel, uh, to explore a new world. And so I guess developing one's potential um, is not the thing that is holding Jesus back. Uh, perhaps, unlike me, you are more altruistic and you are keen to, I guess, do what you can, or forgive the cliche, to, to make this world a better place. Uh, the small acts that you do to contribute to humanity, uh, perhaps in the work that you do each day, or maybe just day-to-day -day efforts to help the environment. But of course, that isn't holding Jesus back either. You see, when, when he comes back, uh, this world will go and he will recreate a new one, a world that is far better than this world, a far more effective than what small improvements that we can do. So you see, improving this world, that's not the thing that is holding Jesus back. Maybe you do, well, deeply long for him to come back. Um, perhaps it's the, the daily grind of the battle against sin, or the subtle provocation you receive from being a Christian, or maybe you're suffering with an illness, or you know someone close to you with a really difficult illness, and, and you wonder, uh, why hasn't Jesus come back to sort this mess out? Uh, so what is holding Jesus back? 
uh, for time. Uh, it will help if you have the handout in front of you, or perhaps on your device, or and having your Bibles open to Revelation. And Revelation chapter 1, verse 7 reads, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of, on account of him. Even so. Amen. You see, the book of Revelation has a lot to say about Jesus coming back. Uh, the prologue and the apologue of the book uh, repeats this idea. I am coming. I'm coming soon, he says. And my coming will put everything right. Uh, no more doubts. No more persecution. No more half-hearted Christian living. Total vindication. So what is holding Jesus back? Uh, the title of our new series, if you've seen in the flyer, is, is called Revealed. Uh, why? Uh, firstly, it's, the, it's a play on the title of the book of Revelation. But more significantly, well, it's exactly what the book is doing. See, Revelation, it is revealing something. Uh, look at chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servant the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Uh, do you notice it's a revelation that's passed down, verse 1, from God. It's given to Jesus. And Jesus subsequently gives it to an angel. And the angel gives it to John, uh, John the apostle. And the revelation is, is heaven's perspective on this world. You see, later in the book, uh, in chapter 4, we read that John is in the spirit and he's taken up into heaven to see the throne room of God. And from there, he looks down onto earth to see what is going on. Um, imagine to me, it's as if John is given a pair of, of heaven's glasses uh, to see what's really going on in this world, uh, to have a lens to, to see what's really true. And the pair of heaven's glasses, which, well, it, it removes the lie from this world and helps us to really understand what is going on. And each week as we come back, uh, we'll be looking at the world and we will see uh, the world through the lens of heaven's glasses. Uh, we will gain wisdom as we keep listening to this book. But what is being revealed? Uh, it's precisely the question that we were considering. Uh, what is holding Jesus back? Why is there a delay? Chapter 1, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servant the things that must soon take place. Uh, by having conversations with some of you over the past couple of weeks, um, I, I know that um, many of you have said that you found reading the book of Revelation, well, it's, it's, it's pretty hard. In many ways, the book is, is really strange. And personally, if, if you try reading it yourself, you'd be very quickly confronted with a barrage of, of really weird things that are going on. Uh, you have creatures like a lion and an ox with wings, in which wings which are covered in, in eyes. Uh, you have locusts who are, which are like horses with the power of scorpions, with the face of humans. And you have the beast uh, with the number 666. I mean, what is going on? And to add to the whole range and confusion, uh, the different explanations of all these events. And I'm not sure how popular the, the Left Behind series is here in the UK. Um, not sure, but 
Um, it's when I was growing up, I was really hooked on the Left Behind series. It's written by two Americans, Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, uh, describing a revelation as future events uh, to come in the future. But one of the problems with that is that if revelation always happens in the future, well, then it has no relevance for us today, apart from waiting for stuff to happen. Or people throughout history have tried to pinpoint who the Antichrist is. Uh, you have Mikhail Gorbachev, you have Kim Jong-un, you have the Pope back in medieval times. Was it Donald Trump? And you have people trying to identify who, what the great city of Babylon is. Was it North Korea? Uh, is it China? Is it New York? Or is it London? You see, the problem is that it all becomes really speculative. Uh, there's no control, and every generation would have its own chronological bias. And so how do we understand this book? And here's the secret key to unlocking the book of Revelation, and uh, the, the key to understand what's going on uh, is this. Uh, the trick is, well, is to read it as you would read any other book in the Bible. Okay, it's just to read Revelation as you would read any other book in the Bible. Uh, let me put something on, on your screens. Um, the, you can call this the triangle too. It's always to ask the question, uh, what is John uh, writing to his original readers, the seven churches in the first century? Uh, so consider with me for a moment. You see, John's readers, they are the seven churches in the first century. Now, who would they understand the beast to be? Which city in the first century is being referred to as a great city of Babylon? John, he's a Jew, and naturally he would be using allusions from the Old Testament. Now, what Old Testament allusion is he referring to? Um, well, what does he mean as he refers to the locusts? John is also the author of the book. See, what he has told us earlier in the book of Revelation helps us to understand what's going on in the later bits. So another question to ask is, how has John helped? Um, how, do we, how can we use Revelation to explain Revelation? Uh, so this is called the Triangle 2. You always ask, start by asking, what is John saying to them then? Uh, the seven churches in the first century. And then come to us in the 21st century. And so, uh, well, there's really no special key. Um, you're just reading the book of Revelation as you would any other part, any other book in the Bible. And personally, I find this rather comforting. Um, there's no, well, special mysterious key to um, that only a select few have access to to understand this book. Well, you can understand the book of Revelation by any other book in the Bible. Uh, I'm not saying it's easy. There can be Old Testament allusions that you may not be aware of or that are bits that you will still find confusing. But I'm saying that it's possible. Um, there's no secret key. You just read the book of Revelation as you would any other book. Um, I've, I thought we can do a short quiz as well, uh, just to um, sort of reinforce kind of what I'm saying. I'm going to launch a poll uh, for us to, to answer. And there we go. Okay, first question. What would John, a Jew, likely be referring to when he, men when he mentioned the flying locusts in chapter 9, verse 3? Uh, option one, Apache helicopters. Can you guys see the quiz, the poll? No, is it not? Can you not see anything? I can see a show. Okay. Can, see uh, can you guys answer something? I don't see any answers coming in. I can see it. 
Can you guys input your answers? Yes, no? You have to answer them and then submit, Joel. So give us a... Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, first question. What would John do? The understanding is flying locust. Apache helicopters. A locust plane that struck Xinjiang, China in 17 Feb last year. An Old Testament allusion referring to a locust plague in Egypt in, in the Exodus. Or Elon's mask, SpaceX spacecraft. Okay. Uh, question two. And for those who can't see it, I'm just going to read it out. What would John's readers in the first century recognize the city of Babylon as being referred to? North Korea, London, ancient Rome, or the European Union? Uh, question three. Uh, who are the two lampstands who appear to have power of Elijah and Moses in Revelation 11? Hint, chapter 1, verse 20. The seven lampstands are the seven churches. Option one, the actual Elijah and Moses. Option two, reincarnated Elijah and Moses. Option three, symbolically referring to the churches but emphasizing that they have prophetic abilities. Option four, my friend named Moses and my ex-pastor's son named Elijah. Okay, I'm going to end the poll. <laughs> and let's see the results. Um, so someone here thinks it's Apache helicopters. That's got to be right. No, it's definitely wrong. Uh, it's definitely not North Korea. And um, yeah, okay. I mean, you guys get the point. It's not a really difficult poll, I suppose. Um, but I mean, I, I hope that's sort of vaguely helpful. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's all loaded questions, I know. And um, and I guess that just, I'm mean, hopefully that's making the point, right? I mean, we, we want to consider the, the Old Testament references that have been used. Uh, we also want to consider the, the, how a first century Christian would understand and we also want to consider how uh, Revelation itself interprets Revelation. Okay, uh, so that's, that's a consideration as we try to understand the book of Revelation. Uh, Pete, I'm going to guess it's you who gave all the cheeky answers. Uh, <laughs> okay, next, we come to the plot of Revelation. Uh, implicitly, I think we've got that in our reading and in the introduction. Uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierce him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. See, Jesus is coming back to, to vindicate those who follow him, at the great event where all every eye will see him. And in chapter 6, verse 10, uh, we hear the saints cry out in a loud voice, and they say, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on earth. And as I was suggesting earlier, the question of how long, why is there a delay? How long before he returns? Why are we still here on this earth? But that's the plot in Revelation. What is holding Jesus back? How long until he comes? And the rest of the book will develop that answer. Now, the next thing to look at on the handout is uh, the structure of the book of Revelation. And I have included there um, and hopefully gives you an overall schematic of the book. And hopefully when you might read it yourself in the future, 
or in preparation. Hopefully, it gives you some sort of structure to understand what's going on. Uh, still work in progress, but this is sort of my best shot. Uh, let me point out a few features. Uh, there's a prologue and epilogue, which opens and closes the book. Uh, broadly speaking, there are nine sections, major sections in the book with the turning point in the middle from chapters 12 to 15. And also notice in the first half of the book uh, with the seven seals and the seven trumpets, um, there's a delay between the sixth and seventh seal and also the sixth and seventh trumpet. Uh, but when you come to the second half for the seven bowls, there is no delay uh, between the sixth and seventh bowl. And that raises the question of why. Uh, why was there a delay, delay before and no delay after? And that's where the turning point or the central section of the book, chapters 12 to 15, give an answer. It's seven visions of a holy war. And I'm going to suggest that these chapters are the heart of the book. It helps us to understand why there's a delay. It helps us to understand what is holding Jesus back. And the reason? Well, because we are in a war. But the revelation from heaven reveals that we are in a war. And that brings us to the purpose of revelation. Um, because we're in a war, well, I guess then the purpose is for us to conquer. Uh, the call is for us to conquer. Uh, we will delve deeper into the seven churches next week. But for every church, if you notice at the very end, there's a call for them to conquer. Chapter 2, verse 7. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat from the tree of life. Chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, to the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. 2 verse 17, uh, to the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna. And chapter 2, um, verse 26, chapter 3, verse 5, chapter 3, uh, verse 12, and also chapter 3, verse 21, uh, to the one who conquers. And so the, the function of revelation, well, it is for us to put on uh, the heavenly glasses uh, to, to reveal that there's a war, to see the world for what it truly is. But the purpose then is for us to conquer. And that is why the book of Revelation is such an important book for us to understand. See, the easiest way to lose a war is not to be ready for battle. Like you consider every major failure in life. Now, perhaps the reason why you lost out on that good deal on Black Friday well, because you weren't ready for battle. Uh, the reason why your favorite sport team lost that match last week well, was a lack of preparation. Uh, they weren't ready for battle. Uh, the reason why none of our children will ever hear of the Nokia phone, even though I, I guess most of our phones, our very first phones were, were Nokias, it's because they weren't ready for battle. Uh, the reason why, as a Singaporean, I have to spend two years of my life in compulsory national service was because the British soldiers had their guns pointing south when the Japanese army invaded Singapore on bicycles from the north. Uh, they weren't ready for battle. Sorry, I know I'm sounding a bit sore, but I'm not. I'm just <laughs> um, but you see, you see the point, right? Not being ready for battle is the sure way to lose the war. And what is more, if the stakes are much higher than sporting glory 
or grabbing a bargain or a telecommunication company or even a real war. Well, this war has eternal implications, eternal life and eternal death hang in the balance. And so we need, we need this book to help us to see things for what it truly is. And there's going to be much more to consider over the next couple of weeks. Where is this war happening? How do we actually engage in the battle? What are we fighting for? Who is going to win? And to find out, well, you've got to keep coming back. But for now, I, I hope you really see that Revelation is, is not a book with, with no relevance for us today. It isn't primarily describing events that will happen in the future. But it's a book that John's original readers, the seven churches that they needed to hear. You see, for a church who, who mostly wanted to be comfortable and to fit with the surrounding culture, knowing that they are in the war has much to say into that. Or for a church who, who will, were keen to find teachers to tell them that they could both say prayers to Caesar and be a Christian at the same time, or knowing that they were in a war has much to say into that. Or for a church that was suffering from real persecution or who were scared of, of standing out, or knowing that they are in a war likewise has much to say into that. See, complacency, uh, compromising, or being per- churches which are being persecuted, the book of Revelation is the, the medication that those churches need. And like every book in the Bible, it is also hugely relevant for us. Uh, we face the same issues. Uh, do you face persecution, whether outright or subtle persecution? Uh, do you feel the temptation to compromise your faith, perhaps at work, or to assimilate into the wider culture? Uh, do you sense the lure of the comfortable and idyllic life or the e- economic draw of the city? And so if you do, well, the book of Revelation is what you need to hear. Well, what is holding Jesus back? Well, the book of Revelation reveals that there is a war to be fought. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear and who keep what is in it for the time is near. Allow me to pray first. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your great kindness, you have given us this book to understand the world. And we pray that you might help us to understand it in all its, in its peculiarities and its strangeness but not so that we can claim to grow our head knowledge, but so that we may be steadfast, to be strong, to be sturdy, and be able to conquer. And we ask that in the upcoming weeks, as we dwell deeper into this book, may we be those who are blessed, are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.